Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. God, I just pray that you would direct our steps so we hear your voice and the voice of a stranger who will and shall not follow. God, I just pray for every single situation that is in the room today, that maybe during this time of the year, the holidays, that they're reminded of someone or something that's been taken away from them or, 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 or a loss inside of a family. God, I just pray that you, your word says that you are everlasting God, that you're Prince of Peace. And so, Lord, I pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that would guard our hearts and guard our minds. And, Lord, I pray today you would minister to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Direct our steps today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Well, why don't you look at somebody and tell them, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's right. You can tell somebody else, you are... You, it's a privilege to sit next to me. You may be seated today. That's right. Hey, well, I, I, I'm going to be real honest with you this morning. I, I, I told the team and told the, the pastors and elders last week, I've had so much fun preaching on David. I think I'll preach on David till Jesus comes back. And uh, how many of y'all get something out of from the pastor to the palace? I hope every single one of you did inside of here what the Lord showed me to share with you. But uh, I didn't realize that we're two weeks away from Christmas. And so uh, I've kind of put that on the shelf for a little bit of uh, some other things of David because I just wanted to share some things in my heart with you. You know when you're a pastor and, and, and talking to people on the phone and things like that of what people are going through, I believe that's not a, just cool. I believe it's by the power of the Holy Spirit of what God wants to minister to God's people today. And so there's just some things inside of my heart that the Lord's been sharing with me that I wanted to share with you guys today. And before we get started, I want to tell you that I love Christmas. Now, my family might call me Ebenezer, and uh, I might proudly take the title of Grinch pretty good. But all the things about, I mean, I love Christmas. I put together 11 Christmas trees inside of my home. 11. You know, some people don't even have one, but I have 11 inside of my house. I love all the lights. I love, I love everything about it, like driving around, looking at them, and listening, you know, to Christmas songs. You know, what, what is it about Christmas music that they wrote songs 100 years ago and they haven't refreshed any of it? What is it, what is it about Christmas? But we love it because we only listen to it one time of the year. I, I, I love, you know, I have some memories of... Uh, Many of you know that in 1988, we were in a car wreck, and I lost my, my sister in 1988. But in 1991, in December 12th, it was the best gift we ever got, was my mom was pregnant with uh, the brother that is after me. His name is Austin Ray, and uh, I'm very close to Austin to this day, but it happened during Christmas time. And, and I have so many memories of that. also love the food. Come on, somebody. Like fudge? Why can't we have fudge in July? Why does it have to be? Why does it have to be just during Christmas time? I love, I love the 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 movies. You know that you only see one time a year. I, I love that movie Elf. You're my dad, and I'm singing. You know, I I love all the old school stuff. Obviously, Jim Carrey and the Grinch. But there's a lot about Christmas that I don't like. I love the fact that. 
All right, I'm going to get on the ladies. And Pastor Brandy's not here, so I can be a wrecking ball all I want to, all right? I, I, I love the fact <laughs> uh, she should be scared wherever she is. Uh, I love it that some of you guys, not me, but some of y'all out there, you worry about buying a gift for somebody, and then you buy them something that they're never going to use. They're going to put inside of a drawer, but you have to buy it for them because they get you something. I just want to remind everybody that Christmas is about Jesus. All right? Now, I'm not against giving things. But one thing that I would just love to give my kids at Christmas time is receipts. I would like to give them a receipt of every volleyball tournament, every hotel room, all the miles that we've gone. The commitment that I have made to be your father. But now I have to buy you something because it's Christmas time. Should I go on? I probably shouldn't or I'm gonna, lightning's going to hit me somewhere. But I just want to come back to this, that, it's, that it is Christmas. And I know this. We all know this. If you're a Bible scholar out there, you know this about Christmas, that actually December the 25th is not the actual day that Jesus was born. But this is the time that we, re- that we bring ourselves back to this. And I, th- my whole point of this this morning is that Jesus would live on the inside of you during this Christmas holiday. Because Jesus is not in everybody during a Christmas holiday. And it would be easy for me to be Ebenezer and wear it proudly. But I'm telling you, God's called me to be Jesus. How many of y'all know God's called us, each and every one of us, to be more Christ-like in everything that we are? And so, if you have your Bibles this morning, open them up to the book of John. John chapter 1. And um, if, if you know anything about the four Gospels, the four Gospels is... Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, just real quick, we're going to go to John chapter 1, and we're going to go through that. I, w- I want to talk about how he came from heaven to earth, and how he was down to earth. Everybody say down to earth. He came down to earth. Aren't you thankful that Jesus came down to earth for you and I? And showed the example. The Bible tells us this, that he was tempted in all three ways as man is, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life, yet he did not give in to any of them. And I'm so thankful that he came to be our high priest. But in, <clears throat> if you know anything about the four Gospels, the book of Matthew is wrote by a Jew and he wrote to the Jews. And so in this particular text, of, when you read through the book of Matthew, you see this, that he has teachings. And he, he uses uh, uh, some of the teachings that are in Matthew you don't see in the other Gospels because he is a Jew writing to Jews. And Jews are going to be... be um, uh, they're going to listen more to a man's um, education rather than his acts. And so the book of Matthew has big words in it that we may not necessarily know. In fact, if you're a new believer, I want to encourage you stay away from the book of Matthew and go to the book of John where we're going today. And then you go to the book of Mark. Here is a guy who is a Jew as well, but he is trying to break open and show the Romans that Jesus is God. And Romans aren't gonna, don't care about what kind of education. They don't care about how you teach. They don't care about the words that come out of your mouth. Their words are action. In fact, Mark, he is a servant himself. That's why he doesn't talk about where Jesus come from. He didn't talk about how he was the son of David and the lineage of Jesus and Joseph and Mary and all those types of things. He bypasses all that because he's a servant. In fact, it's in the book of Mark where we get texts like Mark 10, 45, where Jesus didn't come uh, to, 
to be served, but he came to serve. We see that, uh, in fact, if you know anything about Revelation chapter 5, when John is writing the book of Revelation, when the Lord is revealing himself to him in the island of Patmos there inside of that cave of Revelation, he talks about, he said, Behold, I see a sea of glass, and I saw a lion, I saw an ox, I saw a man, and I saw an eagle. Now, you've heard me teach on this many times before, but in the book of Matthew, he establishes a kingdom. See, these Jews were all about kingdom. And so the lion is the, is the king of the kingdom. How many of y'all know he's the king of the jungle? How many of y'all know we have a lion of the tribe of Judah that's coming back for the church? Are you hearing me this morning? That's the book of Matthew. Well, when he talks about Mark, it's ox. In Isaiah 53, he says that he was the beast of burden for you and I. How many of y'all thankful that Jesus was the beast of burden, that he bore things? In fact, still to this day, the Bible says, cast your care on him for he cares for you. How many of y'all know we need to give things to him rather than give it to social media or give it to a wife or give it to somebody else? I'm not saying you don't have people that you speak into their life, but I'm just saying there that we have an ox. His name is Jesus. That has already paid the ultimate price, and he'll continue to take it from us each and every day. Are you hearing me today? And then we have the book of Luke, and I love the book of Luke because it comes from a doctor. And he's a Jew as well, but he is writing to Gentiles. He's writing to people that have been an outcast to the Jews. In fact, well, until you get to the book of Ephesians, they're an outcast altogether. But when Jesus came, he unified the Gentile and the Jew. Aren't you thankful that Jesus came, and he came to this earth, and he unified us, that we have the same rights as the Jews do. Am I the only one who's happy about that? Aren't you thankful? So there's things in the book of Luke that we don't see like any other story. We see the story of the prodigal son. We see other, other stories inside the book of Luke that we don't see in other gospels. But then we get to the book of John. I love the book of John because he, I think he writes to the Jews. I think he writes to the Romans. I believe he writes to the Gentiles. It's, it's the only place in Scripture where we see John chapter 11 where he talks about Lazarus being raised from the dead. It's the one we see in Revelation chapter 5 is the one as being the eagle. How many of y'all thankful that he's not only was the resurrection, but he is the resurrection today? How many of y'all know there is resurrection power inside the room? And so we get to the book of John here, and, it, and I love the very beginning here because, because he just he bypasses of where he came from and who the lineage of where, where he was or any of that, and he goes straight to this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oh, let me say it one more time. I think Leroy's the only one who heard it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. How many of y'all know when you read this, it's like Jesus speaking to you right there in the midst of your circumstance, whatever you're going through. I've told you before, and I'll say it again, never underestimate the power of one scripture. Never underestimate the power of one scripture. I don't care what you're going through. If it's a financial deal, he will supply all your needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will say of the Lord, he's your refuge and fortress. It's in him you need to put your trust. If it's healing you need in your body, 1 Peter 2.24, Psalm 107.20, Psalm 103 and verse 3, 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53, verse 5. I'm telling you, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. And then it goes on, it says, he was in the beginning. How many of y'all know we need to stick to things that are still alive today? The Word was in the beginning, and it's still alive today. 
You know, when you go to Washington, D.C., on all of those things, the Washington Monument, you go and see the Lincoln Memorial, all of that. I'm telling you, there is scripture all over the history of the United States of America. I'm telling you, there's a reason that America has been blessed over every other country in the world. It's because it stood on a rock that has not gone away. It's the word of God that was alive then and still alive today. Are you hearing me? That's why we need to stand. That's why we need to stand up, church. We need to stand up for the things that are going on inside of this world because we can't get away from something that still is alive today. Are you hearing me? It says, all things were made and came into existence through him, and without him not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate or appropriate it or absorb it. Now skip down to verse 9. There was the true light. We're talking about Jesus here. Which coming, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. He, Christ, was in the world. And through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own. That which belonged to him. His world, his creation, his possessions. And those were his own. Did not receive and welcome him. He said, so the people did not receive him when he came. Verse 12, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right to become children of God, that is, to those who believe in his name. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh. And the word became flesh. Oh, man, I hope you get it in your heart today. See, Psalm 107.20 says, uh, uh, he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from all destruction. There is power in the word, but the word is what? In the beginning was the word. Became flesh and lived among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as belongs to the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. I'm going to skip to verse 16. For out of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. How many of y'all thankful for the grace of God this morning? For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is the intimate presence of the Father, he has explained him. See, the whole reason that Jesus came, oh, well, not the whole reason, but one of the reasons, I, I believe, is to redeem us. Aren't you thankful for the redemption? That he's bought us back from the curse of the law. But I believe this, that Jesus came. Uh, to erase the misconception about God and show us what God is really like. See, when you, he's saying in John 1, I love it that he skips to this part right here. He goes past the lineage of where he came from and all that. And he skips to the part. He says, when you see me, you have seen the Father. Aren't you thankful that when we see Jesus, we see the Father? If you haven't been here on, on Wednesday nights, Pastor Robert's been talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that they are one. It's the Trinity, Right? They're different from one another, but they're one. They're together. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's saying, when you see me, you see God. And in these four books here, Jesus describing who Jesus was and is. And in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, he prophesied it. He said that there would be a virgin that would have a baby, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means this, God with us. So he comes to this earth, God with us. And, and, and my whole point in this message this morning is he comes down to earth. 
See, when he came down to this earth, they had already pinpointed some things inside of their head of what he would look like, what he would say, and what he would do. But he comes so down to earth that they didn't recognize him. Can I point this out just real quick? This, I just felt this drop in my spirit right here. That I've studied this many times before. The Jews so, were so oppressed by the Romans under the rule of them politically that they thought to themselves, when the Messiah comes, when this Emmanuel, God with us, when he comes, he will overthrow the government. But Jesus really wasn't into politics. And I'm telling you that because over the last couple of years, there has been people that have looked at a man to be the Savior, but there is only one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. I want you to hear me because I'm telling you, it doesn't, you know what the world doesn't need another politician what the world needs is jesus christ the savior of the world now you know where i stand and how i stand for america and i will stand up for our rights and all of that stuff but i'm telling you the answer to it all is the king of kings and the lord of lords the alpha the omega the beginning and the end it doesn't matter who's inside the white house what matters is, is the person in the white house recognizes that there is one king and there is one savior there is only one that can get you out of any mess that you're in, and his name is Jesus. So they thought to themselves, they thought he's going to come in. He's going to look like this person that's going to uh, overthrow the government, but that's not what he did. And so people had made up this image inside of their mind of who Jesus was, and if they weren't careful, they'd miss him. And my whole point to this of saying this this morning, if we're not careful during the Christmas holiday, if we're not careful, we'll miss Jesus too. Are you hearing me? We'll listen to the music, we'll eat the food, we'll watch the movies, we'll go through the stress of getting everybody something, and we'll forget the true meaning, and we'll miss out on what Jesus really has in store for this holiday. So I just wrote some things down of what the Lord's been ministering to me about this time of the year, but uh, if you read through your Bibles, you see this about Jesus. Number one, if you're not taking notes, uh, go ahead and take notes, right? Amen. Number one is this, what I know about the Lord. Number one, he was humble. Everybody say humble. How I many of y'all know there was nothing fake about him? In fact, what tells me this, nothing fake about him, I, I, I'll tell you, I've loved that series, at least season one and season two of The Chosen. And I'm not being an advocate of The Chosen, and I'll tell you this right now, it's not necessarily down to the wire biblical. In fact, they tell you that at the very beginning. But one of the things that I love about that is how Jesus, as he walks through the streets, of how kids are drawn to him. Can I tell you, a kid knows whether or not somebody's fake. And the Bible says that all men were drawn unto him. I'll tell you what, men, not all men will be drawn to somebody if there's fake in them. And I'm telling you, Jesus was humble. He was himself. There was nothing fake about him. It's the rule, right? If your kid doesn't like that person and your dog doesn't like that person you should not like that person how many of y'all know all men were drawn unto Jesus and there was nothing fake about him in fact Philippians chapter 2 you don't have to go there I'm going to go ahead and go there I could quote it but I probably mess it up but in Philippians chapter 2 I love it verse 5 it says have the same attitude in yourself which was in Christ Jesus who although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God with him possessing the fullness of all divine attributes, the entire nature of, of deity did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, but emptied himself. Everybody say emptied himself. 
He's saying, have this attitude in you. And then he goes on to say, emptied himself by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. After he was found, outward appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Everybody say humble. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. For this reason also, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above, above every single other name. How many of y'all know we had a humble Jesus that came down to earth? See, if they weren't careful, they thought they were going to see this big majestic thing, but they saw somebody who was humble. Again, in Mark chapter 10, he says Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. How many of y'all know serving will get you places in life? It'll bring favor upon your life. Jesus showed for us. Number two is this. Number one, he was humble. Number two, he was prayerful. If you read through the Gospels, especially in the book of Matthew, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's, it always blows me away. This is the Son of God. This is God himself. We just read it in John chapter 1. This is God himself. But many times, the Bible, it says that he went off in the wilderness and he began to pray. That he went off by himself and he began to pray. After being in a time of prayer, Jesus came back and he addressed the crowd. How many of y'all know, in fact, still to this day, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that he's at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for you and I. How many of y'all know Jesus is praying today? How many of y'all know if Jesus prayed, we need to be prayers? Prayers. We need to be people that pray. How many of y'all know prayer still works? Are you hearing me today? Prayer does. The third thing is this that I see about Jesus. And these are, listen. The end of John says this, there's not enough books to contain all the miracles that he did. But there's, these are just things that God just put on my heart to share with you. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. And then it goes on, on to uh, talk about Jesus. In verse 3, it says this, that he was acquainted with grief. The third thing is this, acquainted with grief. Uh, how many of y'all know life is difficult? Oh, it's easy for a lot of you in the room. I'm going to ask that one more time. How many of y'all know life is difficult? I mean, there's always something changing. There's always something that you have to address. If you're a parent out there, you have kids that are crazy. I don't have to tell you something you don't already know. There's always something in life. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And, but there is people that are around you. They've lost a job. They've lost a loved one. They've gone through something in their life. But the Bible says this about Jesus, that he was acquainted with grief. And, and what I love about the Lord is he humbled himself. He would minister to a grieving mother, to a blind guy, to a crippled person, somebody who was going through something, something detrimental in their life. I'm telling you, he was the healing power that came with it. Uh, the fourth thing is this. So number one, he was humble. Two, prayerful. Three, acquainted with grief. Number four, he was present. Everybody say present. Like, Pastor, you're talking about Christmas? Let's talk about presents. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about him being present. Those of you that were here uh, uh, talking about the life of David, this is something that David wrote during a time that he was going through something. He said, where can I go? This is Psalm 139 and verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol. The netherworld, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will take hold of me. 
If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the night will be the only night around, light around me, even the darkness is not dark to you and conceals nothing from you. But the light shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are like to you. How many of y'all know, no matter what situation we are in, Jesus is always present? Let's say that again. And I want somebody to hear this in the room today. No matter what circumstance, you may feel all alone, all by yourself in whatever circumstance you're going through. Because of things that are happening inside of your home or whatever it is. I'm telling you, if you'll allow the Lord to be present, he is present. Are you hearing me? The fifth thing is this that I see about the Lord. He was peaceful. He was peaceful. One of the things when they came, y'all know, when they take him out of the Garden of Gethsemane, where he, dripped, uh, where he sweat drops of blood and they beat him profusely. And they bring him before Caiaphas, the high priest. And they begin to accuse him of things that he has not done or who a person that he was, but, he, but uh, of who they thought he was, but a person that he wasn't. The Bible says this, that he held his tongue. Another translation says that he kept quiet, but I love the King James. It says he held his peace. How I many of y'all know during the holiday season, there may be a time during around the dinner table that we need to keep our peace? I'm going to get on to that here in a minute. I'm going to get real practical. Here, the sixth thing that I see about Jesus is this, is he was forgiving. Everybody say forgiving. Everybody say forgiving. What did Jesus say when he was on the cross of people that put him up there? Nails in his hands, nails in his feet, a crown of thorns on his head that mocked him while he was up on the cross. The Bible says this. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How many of y'all know he was the ultimate forgiver? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know he was the ultimate forgiver? He was the ultimate forgiver. He was the ultimate one that walked in forgiveness. But I'm here to tell you, you, you might say I can never forgive myself or forgive so-and-so of what they did in 1988. I'm telling you, if Christ lives on the inside of you, you should be influenced by the Lord to forgive somebody. Are you hearing me? So, going through the holiday season to be Jesus to your world, you might be the only Jesus that they may ever see. Let's go through these things of who Jesus, I believe he is, and how we can be at this holiday season. The first one is this, let's be humble. Everybody say humble. Everybody say humble. You know, there is nothing worse than a know-it-all. Let's say this out loud. And some of you right now is like, I don't know one. Well, you're probably that person. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. But there is nothing worse than an arrogant know-it-all. You know, how about rather than talk about all the things this Christmas, all the things that you're going and doing and your kids and blah, 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 why don't you ask about somebody else this holiday season? I'm telling you, that opens the door for Christ being on the inside of you. When you ask about other people, you know, when you humble yourself, you do things that you don't normally do. You know, you might be too big to open the door. for. Can, can we just get back to a place where people respect, honor one another? Like when you see people with their hands full and they're walking through the line at Starbucks, why don't you open the door for them? I was watching some young kids the other day, and I, I had a pastoring moment. I didn't know these kids. They probably hate my guts to this day, but I felt, in, I felt it upon myself to instruct them that when a lady has their hands full with drinks and trying to go through a door, that you help the lady through the door. How many of y'all know we live in a society today where we care about us and me? We post things thinking only about us. 
You know, how about during this holiday season, before we post something, we think about who this post may affect. Are you hearing me this morning? Because when I, when I think about Jesus, I, I heard something. I was listening to a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, Kerry Newhoff, and he's, he's not a preacher or anything, but he is a spirit-filled guy, and he just has podcasts out there, and he was talking about humility, and he said this, the humble leave their notebook open because you can learn something from everyone. How many of y'all know there might be people, yeah, let's just face it, you're about to be in the holiday season, you're about to eat a meal, turkey, for the second time. If you're going to be like us, we're going to eat beef, because hallelujah, come on somebody. Turkey ain't in the word, but ox is and beef is. Let's go, somebody. And, and, and so you're going to be sitting across from, but you know, I've said this before, but they, you know, you don't like them. Let's just be real. How many of y'all have those family members you don't like? You can be honest in the house of the Lord. Some of y'all need to lift two hands, all right? Just go ahead and be honest. Maybe you need to lift the, all right? <laughs> uh, they make my butt itch. You know what I'm talking about? That person right there, like. Gosh, what in the world? All right, that person. Um, I'm telling you, you can learn something. If anything, you can learn on how not to be. Are you hearing me? You know, I'm in a field, many of you know this. I've been in the trade of horseshoeing for many years. It don't matter where I am or who I'm with, I can always pick up something that they do that will be beneficial to me. Now, if I have this big head and say, well, I'm the best and I've arrived and I've done it all, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, that's the place. <laughs> Nobody likes you. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Nobody likes you. Are you hearing me? <laughs> the Lord might, but he even struggles with it. And <laughs> can we have some fun this morning? In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, he said, do nothing selfish. I wasn't going to share this, but this is a great scripture right here. He said, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit through, fact, through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility. Everybody say humility. Being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, regard others as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Come on. How many of y'all know during this holiday season... And can I tell you this? Our goal is not to win arguments. You know, I see it through my social media feed. And I'm thinking, why did you take the bait? You idiot. Hear me out. Our goal is not to win arguments. Our goal is to win people. And you don't win people when you win arguments. Moving on, number two. So number one, be humble. Number two, be prayerful. We're all going to learn a scripture this morning. First Thessalonians 5, 17. This is what it says. Never stop praying. Will you say it with me? Never stop praying. We learned a scripture this morning. It's as easy as that. Never stop praying. Well, pastor, how do you say it? I'm telling you, if you're going to make it through the holiday season, you ought to pray. <laughs> Come on. Never stop praying. Well, pastor, how do you do that? I'm telling you, I never take a shower without praying in the Spirit. You can ask, you, you can ask everybody in my family. You can hear me in there. I'm, come on. 
I'm defeating hell inside the shower. I'm not just going to go in there and sit under. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to bring heaven down in the shower. When I'm driving, I pray. In fact, right now, Amarillo has lost its mind in driving. Can I get an amen? amen. I mean, my Lord, construction, Western Street, the devil is on Western Street. How many of you know you have to pray right now? Potholes. Lord have mercy. Do they do anything? If you work for the city, shame on you. Where are you at? Raise your hand if that's you in here. All right. Oh, hey. No, I'm kidding. Hey, my whole point is this. We need to never stop praying. Never stop praying. Can I tell you, again, I said in the very beginning, well, pastor, I don't know how to pray like you. Yes, you do. You know how to talk to God. Just talk to God. Can I tell you, in everything that you're doing, God is interested in what you're doing. Just never stop praying. It's very easy, very, very simple. I, I, I pray with my kids before I whip them. I really do. They hate it, but I love it. <laughs> Catch here lately, I have worn his hiney out. Bless his heart, you pray for him. But he's just going through that phase. And, and uh, I, I pray for him. He said, Dad, I want to pray. I want to pray. You don't spank me twice but just once so that's why we're not letting you pray i'm the only one that gets to pray right now all right how many of y'all know in everything we need to pray everybody say never stop praying all right number three is this stay acquainted with grief can i tell you this there's people around you that are hurting and can i tell you this they put on a fake face you know what one of the best ronnie trice told me this I'll never forget it. He told me many things. But one of the things he told me when I asked him, uh, I said, what would you tell a young preacher? How many of y'all know Ronnie Trice is a man of wisdom? I miss him. One of the things he told me, he said, never underestimate the value of people's time. He said, the mind can only take what the buck can handle. So that's why I try only to preach 40 minutes because of the wisdom of him. You should say amen during that time, but whatever. <laughs> Another thing that I never told him uh, that I never forgot was this: when you preach to people, don't preach to their face because their face lies, but their spirit doesn't, and their heart doesn't. And so I know that there's people in this room that you come in here and you fake it till you make it because you have so much pride built up, you don't want people to know that you're hurting. I'm reading this book, or I read it a couple months ago, and he was talking about dealing with those types of people. He said, sometimes we're afraid to bring up something that they've gone through because we don't want to bring it up so it'll come to the surface. But that's a lie because they're living it out every single day. And can I tell you, he was acquainted with grief. And if we're going to be the Jesus, listen, there may be some things you bring up that are hard, but it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. And if you're that person that's going through some stuff during this time of the year, I'm here to tell you that God can heal your heart. And let's forget about all the noise of what Christmas is and really get back to he came down to earth and paid the ultimate price for you. The devil still, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's why you're going through grief. But God still came to give life and life more abundantly. So I'm just telling you, let's have a heart. Every one of us knows someone who is in a crisis. I believe there's someone in your family right now. But God wants to use you to bring them out.
Are you hearing me? Here's the fifth one is this. Be peaceful. John 16, 33. Or no, number four is be present. Be present. Let's do this. Now, I preach on this all the time. And I tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this one more time. I, the, and I was asking the Lord, I said, you know what, Lord, I feel like I'm supposed to say this. And this is the, the scripture the Lord gave me. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring us its own worries. But to, today's trouble is enough for today. Right? So let's worry about today. Let's, I, can I tell you something? Instagram will be there tomorrow. It will. It's just something about it. TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, it'll all be there tomorrow. I heard a story a couple years ago about a pastor. He was, he, was, he was sharing with a bunch of pastors in the room. He was talking about being present, and I'll never forget this. He said, we were opening our church. It happened 20 years ago. And he said, it was a new building. Fire marshal was there, people from the city, all this different stuff. And uh, his, he sees his dad out in the parking lot. He hadn't seen his dad live oh, uh, quite a few hours away. And he thought to himself, Dad, why'd you have to come today? I mean, I've ever been in that situation before where you, you see somebody that you love and you want to spend time with them, but it's just not right, the right time. And he thought to himself, why, Dad, why in the world did you have to come today? And so he, he said, he just told him, he said, I, I have so many people that he goes, well, maybe after, he goes afterwards, he, he didn't. And he was telling the story that in Three days later, his dad died unexpectedly, 65 years old. He beat himself up forever because he didn't take time to be present. Can I tell you, there may be people, how many of y'all know life is a vapor? How many of y'all know even with our kids that we take for granted, we need to take the moments at night when we're off of the clock to listen to every word that they have to tell us? Are you hearing me? Hey, let's be present this holiday season. The next one is this. Be peaceful. John 16, says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Can I give you some advice that I give my kids? If you're going to walk in peace, if you go ahead and come and play, I'm coming to a close. Um, I, let me ask this question before I do. Who has a family member that just triggers you? All right, we talk about trigger, all right, they trigger you, all right. Some of you didn't raise your hand, you're just lying, that's okay, it's the house of the Lord, there's lightning, it's all right. <laughs> there's people out there, I promise you, that trigger you. Can I give you some advice that I give my kids, that my dad gave me, that this actually still works today? When they say and do things, act like it don't bother you. I'm telling you, it works with the devil too. Act like it don't bother you. You know, you know I, I, I tell my boys, I'm telling you, this worked for me. That when I was in high school, they'd say, hey, Travis, you're fat or whatever. Yes, I am. Call me Teletubby. When they, when you, when they see that it doesn't affect you, they're going to find somebody that it does affect. I'm not saying that this is easy. How many of y'all know they can say that one thing that it's like, what's the boiling point of brain? I can't take it. But I'm here to tell you this, don't let it bother you. Don't come down to their level. Are you hearing me? Let's be peaceful. Take heart. He's overcome the world. Don't, hey, you don't have to respond to everything. 
I'll say it again. You don't have to take the bait. You don't have to take the bait. Can we make a decision in here this morning that during this Christmas holiday, we're going to be more like Jesus and don't take the bait? Are you hearing me? Here's the sixth one is this. If Jesus was forgiving, how many of y'all knew we need to be forgiven? The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. There you go. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Can I tell you this? We all face hurt. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. We all face hurt. Go ahead and turn him up. I can't hear him. If you... We all face hurt. We all face hurt. You know, you, you have two decisions with some people right now. You can either walk in forgiveness. And listen, that doesn't mean that you have to invite them over for fried chicken. Say, preacher, that is good. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that. But when you hold on to you, on to that bitterness, rage, unforgiveness, can I tell you, they're living their life. You're the one that's hurt by what they did. When you walk in unforgiveness, it's like you setting them on fire and you dying of smoke inhalation. Really. That problem is going to affect you more than them. And can I tell you, that's no way to live. Whether it be somebody else or even yourself. You need to let it go. Can I tell you, Christ came to forgive. The Bible says he forgives us of our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I'm not saying that it's easy. We all know that. You know, uh, there's people that said, you need to be like what the word of God says, forgive and forget. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. I mean, all people are humans. They walk in the flesh. They remember. They remember things. But I'm telling you, with Christ in us, Him influencing our lives, we need to be more like Christ. When you begin to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength, you'll love your neighbor as you love yourself. What does that Jesus talk about? It's easy to love that person that's good to you. It's easy to love people that see you in the same light. I'm just breaking this down in context. But what does Jesus say? It's the one who's your enemy. That's when love is displayed the loudest. Because love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. A love that never, ever fails. Can we make this decision this holiday season to be more like Jesus? How many of y'all get something out of the Word today? I hope you did. This holiday, this Christmas season, let's be that. Let's be present. Let's be peaceful. Let's be forgiving. Let's, let's walk in humility. Let's be prayerful. Let's be all of these things. Listen, if he could do it and came down to earth, I'm telling you, we can do it as well. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I just felt in my heart that's the last thing that I talked about is be forgiving. Being forgiving. Being forgiving. 
There's some of y'all in the room. I feel it by the, by the Spirit of God. There's some of you in the room. You're having a hard time letting go of someone or something. Pastor, you don't know what I, they did. Listen, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. But I'm saying if you acknowledge it right now, I believe there is a power that is in the room that can set you free from whatever offense has come against you. That the Spirit of God will help you walk in that forgiveness. Say, Pastor, you know what that's me. Just raise your hand saying, I'm having a hard time forgiving this holiday season. Praise God. I see that hand. I see that hand. Letting go. Keep your hand raised. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Church, get in agreement with me right now. I just pray, Lord, for your spirit to intervene. Lord, I pray for these hearts, God, that, that have lifted their hands and saying, you know what, God? It's just hard for me to let go of what was said, what's been done, who hurt me, who said that thing. And I pray, Lord, for the power of God to go into operation, Lord. God, right now, that you would open doors and shut doors that need to be shut. God, I just pray that you would come in like a flood. Minister to their heart. Lord, that they would let that thing go. And you, you would reign in their life right now in Jesus' name. Open eyes to see and open ears to hear. God, do a work in them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We'd be more like you. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're in the room and say, you know what, Pastor, you talk, uh, this morning you're talking about a Savior. Just in the nutshell, the Bible tells us in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but of the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is simple, it's this. That there is a problem in this world, and it's called sin. And sin, the Bible tells us, separates us from God. And the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. So the only way to pay for sin is for something to die. The solution, though, of that problem, God gave us one. And it's found in Jesus. John 3, 16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That he sent his son to die the death. We read about it. In Philippians chapter 2 this morning, that he humbled himself even to death, death on the cross. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was a sacrifice. He was the death that had to die for the payment of your sin. And the response is this. The Bible says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that he died on the cross and on the third day he rose again. He come live on the inside of you. So if you're out there and you say, Pastor, I have sin in my life. Well, I'm here to tell you the good news, the gospel is the solution is Jesus. And there's a response that needs to come from you of you repenting of your sin and giving it to the Lord. If you want to do that this morning, I want to pray for you. If you're out there and you say, Pastor, that's me. I don't know Jesus, but today... I want to accept him to come live on the inside of me. Or you're out there and say, you know what? I did at one time know the Lord, but I've turned my back on him, and I want to get things right. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, Pastor, you know what? That's me. You're talking to me this morning. You're talking to me this morning. Amen. I see hands in the room. Pray this prayer with me. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Say, Jesus, I believe that you paid the penalty for me. I admit I'm a sinner, but today 
I believe you died. You were buried. And on the third day you rose again. Come live in my heart, Jesus. I confess you as my Lord. From this day forward, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Still with every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you're out there and you say, you know what, Pastor, I acknowledge, I lift my hand. That's me. The Bible says, confess me before men and I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. First thing I want to do is put a Bible in your hand. I want to pray for you. The second thing you need to do is you need to get baptized. That's confessing before everybody that Jesus lives on the inside of you. So if that's you, you say, you know what, I prayed that prayer. I want to invite you down right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, give these a hand as they come forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, stretch your hands out towards this couple right here. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you. I just thank you for the work that you're doing inside of their life. Lord, today as they have acknowledged you as their Savior and repented of their sins, of things in their life that they turned their back on you. Lord, I just pray right now that the power of God goes into operation. Lord, I pray that they would become disciples of Jesus. And Lord, that you would use us as the church to show them who you are. The way, the truth, and the life. Lord, right now, minister to them. Lord, I pray that from this day forward, they'll serve you all the days of their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give God praise today. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.